0: Last season, Purdue became just the second ever number one seed to lose to a 16 following Virginia's historic loss to UMBC in 2018. The question now, can Matt Painter's Boilermakers copycat Virginia's follow-up redemption story cutting down the nets on the first Monday in April?
1: You are locked on college basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. He's Andy Patton, I'm Isaac Shade, we are your co-hosts and we are so glad to be with you. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Andy, we are just five weeks to the day away from tip off of the 2023-24 season. And so to get us all ready for that, we are in the midst of our conference preview shows. So right now, today, we've been working our way through uh, all the the Power 6 schools, West Coast, A10, AAC, Mountain West, all get a full show All 32, though, get at least a couple segments. So, folks, make sure you tune in. we got a whole playlist full of them all. But today, we get to the Big Ten. And, Andy, right out of the gate. I think anyone who would be tuning in to a conference preview uh, in the offseason knows the big storylines, but here it is. It's two for one rolled in together. Andy Patton, (laughs) will the Big Ten title drought end? Those familiar know that the Big Ten Conference has not won a national championship since the year 2000. And baked into that is the follow-up question, can Purdue be the one to do it, respond to losing to a 16 seed last year in uh, FDU? And so can they redeem themselves and redeem the conference? Andy, is it going to happen in 23-24?
1: I think it's about as good a chance as they've had in a while, to be honest. I mean, two teams that are, are generally considered top five teams at worst absolutely top eight teams. I don't think there's anywhere that's not putting Purdue and Michigan State in the top eight. And, you know, it's it's fun. It's, it's a conversation that's going to just be beat to death, basically, about the Big Ten until this happens. And uh, it's I know it's frustrating. It's no fun. As somebody who follows Gonzaga, there's certainly conversations that continue to follow them around until they win a championship. So it's kind of just part of the deal, unless you're in the Big East or the ACC or the SEC. there's A lot of people are Big 12, I should say. There's a lot of teams that just haven't been winning and haven't been doing it for a while. So it'll be interesting to see if Purdue or Michigan State, who are two very legitimate title contenders, I mean, we talk – A lot on this show about continuity and and perhaps whether we overrate continuity, which I think is a larger conversation that might be interesting to evaluate after this season. But Mm -hmm. Purdue brings back basically all of their starters. They add a a key transfer addition. Michigan State brings back their starting lineup. They're one of the oldest teams in all of college basketball. They have a, a trio of really exciting freshmen joining the team. And it's really hard to look at these two teams and not think, hey, either of these teams are capable of making a deep run. Of course, there is some tournament questions. Uh, Certainly Purdue has the huge question mark after losing to a 16 seed last year, but, you know, Virginia did it, and, and Michigan State has had a ton of tournament success. Lately, it hasn't been as successful under Tom Izzo, but last year's team made a surprising run as a seven seed. And now, like we said, same kind of group, uh, adding in some key players uh, coming in, in the freshman class as well. So to me, these two teams are pretty well positioned to be two of the five most likely teams to win a championship. Am I taking the field over the Big Ten? Probably probably because it's always hard to, uh, to bet on something like that would them. be smart,
0: and, to you know? like, smart to do with every
1: conference, every and, conference. And realistically, I think, and this is kind of part of another conversation. I, I don't think there's any other teams that are super realistic uh, championship teams out of the big 10. So to me, if the big 10 is going to break that streak, it's going to be one of these two teams. Yeah,
0: And at the same time, I don't think either of us would have said Purdue this mm-hmm. time last year ahead sure. of the season. So who knows what mm-hmm. comes out of that? And You you hate it for the Big Ten, but this is the question we're all going to continue to ask until they get that proverbial monkey off their back. Can this be the year? I'm right with you. If there's ever going to be a year, it seems as good as any to be this year. Although, of course, starting next year, we'll have 18 teams in this (laughs) conference. So uh, who knows with that? And yeah, with Michigan State, you know, what a story it would be for them. Yeah. to be the team to have won the last national championship for the Big Ten, to finish the drought, and then also thinking back to the, the unfortunate events that happened on campus last year with that shooting back in February. Mm-hmm. It would be neat story for Coach Izzo and Sparty to do that. And obviously, Andy, one, one of the next big storylines in the Big Ten stays with Purdue, and that is the fact that for the second year in a row, college basketball gets back the reigning national player of the year. Obviously, last year, it was Oscar Shibwe, who – Entered 23 or the 22-23 season with some injury. Took a while to get going. The same same doesn't seem to be true for Zach Eadie. I mean, I would ordinarily, same kind of thing you just said, Big Ten versus the field, give me the field. Zach Eadie versus the field, smart money still says the field, but I have a harder time saying the field in that kind of scenario because Zach Eadie is just a force to be reckoned with.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to imagine Zach Eady not putting up similarly excellent numbers this season, I think. There is the argument that, hey, Fairly Dickinson seemed to figure out a strategy that, that worked to kind of neutralize Edie and neutralize that whole Purdue team. And certainly every single team in the Big Ten and really every single team that has Purdue scheduled has watched that tape again and again and again. And they're going to try to do similar things. But at the same time, Matt Painter is an excellent coach. These freshman guards yes. have gotten a year older. And I think. Uh, Wait, hang on. You're telling me that a year <laughs> after
0: you're a freshman, you're a year older?
1: You're a year older. That's right. Uh, that I do sophomore leap, It's always a big deal. I, I'm excited to see what, what Purdue looks like. I think it's hard to bet against Zach Eady because I just don't see how that production would slip. We did see it with Kentucky and Shebway but there were some other factors there that, that don't really seem to apply as much to Purdue. So um, I, again... I'm not advocating that you're betting Edie versus the field necessarily. That's a tough bet, but there's no player in my mind who has a better chance of taking it home. And it's not, it's really not even close. There's some talented players in the league this year, but, but Edie's the front runner by, by a significant margin.
0: Now, Andy, I want to stick with this postseason conversation we're having about the Big Ten because I think so often we have it about the national title specifically. Mm-hmm. But when you start digging into the depths of NCAA tournament success, it's not been there really at any level for the Big Ten recently. Um, And and I'll say it in this way. I I was reading through uh, Blue Ribbon Yearbook's Big Ten primer for this year, and they dropped this stat, and it boggled my mind. Over the last three NCAA tournaments, the Big Ten has claimed 26 of the 204 available total spots in the field. That's 12.7%. But they've only earned four of the available 48 sweet 16 spots that's 8.3 percent and you gotta know i mean the vast majority of those 26 total seeds they've landed have probably been teams you know a a lot of them that would project to get to the sweet 16 to the second weekend but even just last year alone eight teams in the field for the big 10 literally the only one that was still playing in weekend two was Michigan State, who you just mentioned earlier, made a run. And that was as a seven seed. They had to knock off Marquette to get there, which was awesome. But the other seven Big Ten teams are sitting at home. Andy, is that, is it coincidence? Is it something with the Big Ten style of play? Is it that they all beat up on each other? What what on earth is going on with this conference? Not just at winning championships, but at every
1: level. I think there's kind of a a grouping of different things. I I do think that some of it is just kind of a bit random chance. It's hard to win games in the NCAA tournament. Uh, But I think beyond that, I do think there is an element of Big Ten play being a little bit different. Uh, It's officiated differently. The style of play is more unique in the Big Ten than it might be in other conferences. They don't run into a lot of teams that play styles similar to maybe like how a Gonzaga or an Arizona might play or even teams like, Virginia and how they play like there's just a lot of different styles of basketball and most other power conferences have a bit more variety than the Big Ten does and I don't think that that's like a huge problem for the Big Ten or they desperately need to change it but I think it's it's hard to imagine that that's not playing a factor playing a role in some capacity in the Big Ten struggles when they get into the tournament I mean we see teams that are that are Three seeds, two seeds, one seeds, obviously, in produce case, you know, every every power conference tends to have a couple of eight, nine seeds. And you wouldn't expect those teams to to necessarily be in the Sweet 16. But it's more than just that. That's not making it out of the Big Ten. They have four or five seeds that are routinely losing early. And I think that uh, it is probably a, a there is probably a relation with that in terms of how they play. But again, I think that there's also just a it's a three year sample and maybe it's just a little bit wonky, but uh, we'll see if they actually make some changes, if they find some ways to break through. But uh, we have seen kind of a a consistent stall out from Big Ten teams in the tournament. And you got to start to wonder how much the style of play in that conference has, has had an impact there.
0: Well, and one of the big factors in style of play, obviously, is the coach at the head mm-hmm. of everything. And one of the cool things for the Big Ten is just not much turnover this year. No. That's always encouraging to me. Mike Rhodes at Penn State is the only new coach is Mike, as Micah Shrewsbury heads off to Notre Dame to replace mm-hmm. Mike Bray. But as we look at this conference, four of the 14 schools have coaches that have been there a decade plus. Tom yep. Izzo. Matt Painter, obviously, who we've been talking about, that is so widely respected. Fran McCaffrey at Iowa. And Chris Collins at Northwestern is entering his 11th year. And uh, I, I don't think I would have guessed Colin. If you told me, hey, four mm-hmm. Big Ten coaches have been at their school a decade or longer, I probably couldn't have pulled that. Mm-hmm. But then looking at, hey, anybody on the opposite side of that, though, with some real job pressure. Yeah. I think Juwan Howard might be looking at that a little bit at mm-hmm. Michigan. A- anybody else for you, Andy, that, that jumps up that might be ah, that seat's a little uncomfortable right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the only other one that really stands out to me is Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska, and even then, it's, it's kind of a matter of, of how much do the Cornhuskers really care. Like, I mean, Fred Hoiberg hasn't been – they did okay last year. They did not terrible last year, I guess is the best way to put it. They didn't lose 20 games. Um, they got all the way to 500 at points in the year, but – They finished. They were 16-16. 16-16. They did finish 500. So I, I think that they're in an okay spot in terms of what they're expecting out of their team and what they're getting out of their team. So I think that Fred Hoiberg's job is maybe a little bit safer than it might be at other teams that have had the level of performance that they have had. Um, so I, I don't see a ton of changes coming anytime super soon for this conference. I'm not, I think Juwan probably gets another year unless things really fall off the rails this year, which to be fair, could happen uh, with this team. They had a really rough off season. A lot of it was not his fault, uh, but that doesn't really matter. Coaches are, are who lose Like their not job. getting
0: Caleb Love. That right. One, that's, yeah. like the, that, that's the admissions office. Yeah. The
1: admissions office, you know, hurt them from Caleb Love's perspective last year. It hurt them with Terrence Shannon Jr. And that's not Juwan Howard's fault. But if the team continues to struggle, they're not going to fire their admissions department. They're going to fire their head coach. That's what's going to happen. So I do think there's pressure on Jawan. certainly. Uh, Olivia Nakamo is a great addition for this team. I think they have some opportunities to maybe not you know, climb all the way up into the top five of the conference and, and make, get a high seed in the tournament. I think that's a, a pretty uh, lofty expectation for this team, but I think if Jawan does at least enough with the cards that he's been dealt i think he'll keep his job but uh he's yeah he's he's skating on thinner ice than he has been in the past for sure
0: yeah and w- back to nebraska the fact that we're finding a silver lining in getting mm-hmm. to 500 after three straight 20 lost seasons that tells you all you need to know and i think w- how you said it sums it up perfectly yeah. do they do they really care or is that just kind of hey we're good you know mm-hmm. ah it's tough
1: Isaac, we know who's at the top of the Big Ten. We talked about Purdue and Michigan State. We kind of know who's at the bottom of the Big Ten. We talked about that a little bit there, but there's a lot of teams kind of lumped into the middle of the Big Ten, and we're going to talk about that. How will we separate those teams? We're going to do that for you in just a second, but first... Today's episode of Locked College Basketball is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, and now time for your Game Changer of the Week. Again, brought to you by the Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Sam Hartman's final drive heroics for Notre Dame against Duke, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They are full of flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Folks, want to thank all of you for making Locked On College Basketball your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out, of course, to those everyday listeners. You all know who you are, and we very much appreciate you. Folks, college football is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, airing every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every single Locked On College YouTube channel. Find the Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. Folks, you're not going to want to miss this. Isaac, let's get right into it here with the Big Ten. We talked about the top of the conference. We talked about the bottom of the conference, and we took our best attempt at tiering out the conference, breaking up the teams, the 14 teams, into five different tiers, and this was tough. (laughs) This was a tough exercise. There's a lot of teams that kind of mesh together in the middle of the conference, we could see teams pretty easily jump from ninth to third or, or, you know, 10th to fifth, whatever, because there's just a lot of teams kind of all grouped closely together. So why don't you kick us off talking about those first couple of tiers that we have here uh, for the big 10.
0: Yeah. It feels like uh, like synonyms of each other here. <laughs> it's like, you're just trying to find different words, but you could plug in different teams for it. So here's how we tiered this thing out. Purdue and Michigan state at number one. I've got uh, Illinois Maryland and Indiana all in that second tier together feels like they' none of them are quite up to where Purdue or Michigan State is but they do feel a slight cut above the rest for me I think based on some of the talent they've got like I, I think about an Indiana for example like I don't know that the depth is necessarily fully there but like if Mackenzie Mbako really hits the the stud freshman who decommitted from Duke and committed to Mike Woodson like there are all sorts of possibilities there. If uh, Xavier Johnson is finally healthy to run the show, you know, like I just see that. If if Terrence Shannon Jr. can be what Brad Underwood needs him to be for Illinois, th- there's just a lot of those. That's like I think it's there, but it's a lot a lot of what ifs. Beyond that, uh, I, I would get to we would have that third tier, which is Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Ohio State, which is coming off that weirdly disappointing yeah. last season. I still. I'm I'm still bamboozled by last season for the Buckeyes, but I think all of those project to be either uh, safely in the tournament or probably in that bubble conversation. Fourth tier, Iowa, Rutgers, and that Michigan team we were just talking about. Weird to have Michigan down this low, but just from a talent standpoint, Andy, it seems like that's where they're at. And then kind of rounding out the bottom we uh, kind of have already talked about at least Nebraska, but then also looking at Penn State, bringing in Mike Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's weird because they have some talent, mm-hmm. um, and they could be a little bit of a surprise in some ways, but I, I just I just don't fully see it. And then Minnesota. Okay, we'll just leave that one there. So, Andy, <laughs> as you said, we feel like we got our bookends, but but how do we separate out this mush in the middle? Let me give you... Um, Just some stats to back it up, and then I'd love to hear your response to it. So I was really thinking about the eye test of this, these bookends in the middle. Purdue, at at bartntorvik.com, Purdue preseason is number one in the nation, Michigan State eight. On the back end, Minnesota is 131, Penn State is 153. So we got kind of these extremes, but right smack dab in the middle, the other 10 teams fall between number 29 and 62. How on earth do you suss all that out, Andy? It's wild.
1: Yeah, it's a really unique conference. And I think you look at some of the the additions and and subtractions from some of these teams. And I kind of remember like, you know, looking through like who are the transfers that came in, who left, and and trying to find teams that maybe it seems like there was an obvious, oh, this team got a lot better or this team got a lot worse. And and even then just a lot of these teams in the middle kind of feel like they're going to be similarly productive. And and you don't know, certainly there are some additions that could come in that, that make a bigger impact than we're expecting, or certainly some teams that maybe some of the guys they lost are going to to hurt them in a more significant way than we're potentially projecting. But to me, I mean, looking at this from tier two, you have Illinois listed here to uh, the bottom of tier three at Ohio state, or even the start of tier four of Iowa, like all those teams, Illinois, Maryland, Indiana, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Ohio state, Iowa. Like that group of teams right there. And I'm comfortable tossing Michigan in there as well. Like there's a ton of movement that could happen. A few of those teams, I think I'd be pretty surprised if they finished third, but not all of them. Like, I'll talk about it later. Wisconsin's a team I think could finish in the top three or four of this conference. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Ohio State certainly disappointed last year, but if they bounce back uh, with some of the additions they brought in, some of that freshman class, like, there's a lot of teams here that could really kind of make that leap, and, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how it does play out, how it how it works stylistically, how much continuity matters in the conference. You know, Wisconsin brings back most of their st- – or nine of their top ten scorers, but this wasn't a very good team last year. So is the continuity go- – how important is that going to be? You know, you look at teams like Illinois and Northwestern who bring back, you know, really, really key players in Terrence Shannon Jr. and Boo Booey. Like, that's really impactful. We know that veteran guards, it makes a huge difference. But, you know, again, these are teams that, you know, maybe didn't perform up to snuff last year, Northwestern definitely did, but they also lost a lot of other players around Boo Booey. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited to see how the kind of middle of this conference plays out, because I think there are teams that we might project eighth, or that other people in the industry might expect to finish eighth or 10th, that could realistically finish fourth, and it might not even feel that shocking.
0: No, I mean, here's a great example from the end of last season, you talked about Boo Booey, Mm -hmm. Northwestern's final game of the regular season. Uh, they are playing Rutgers. If they had won the game, they were going to be the two seed in mm-hmm. the Big Ten tournament. If they lost the game, they were the nine seed. Like I could completely see that kind of scenario yeah. happening. And it's just so stinking wild, Andy. And um, I just lost my train of thought where I was going, so we just <laughs> keep on trying. Oh, ultimately, here's what I was going to ask you. Andy, I, Like, let's say Purdue and Michigan State are who we think they are. Mm-hmm. If you had to call it right now, who would you have as the third seed in the Big Ten tournament?
1: I think probably Indiana is the direction that I would go. Uh, I think Indiana, I, I really like the front court of Ware and Renault, uh, depending on, you know, we'll have to see how that works. Uh, but the fit on paper makes a lot of sense. If Ware can stretch the floor, Renault's great at scoring with around the basket. Mbako, if he can play the three, is just a, a really, really difficult player for anybody in that conference to guard. But again, I'll go with Indiana. But if you pick Maryland, if you pick Wisconsin, if you pick Illinois, like I think all those are reasonable picks as well. Yeah, I think I
0: would take Illinois, but Indiana is my second choice with yep. that too. So that said, Andy, when we look at conference tournament and regular season champs, is it Purdue and Michigan State or do you have somebody else?
1: Yeah, it's Purdue and Michigan State. Uh, I have Purdue winning the regular season. I, I think that just going through the regular season, uh, having to handle ZD uh, Zach Edie on a day to day basis. ZD, that's his new nickname. Yeah, I like ZD. ZD. That's, ZD. that's kind of a fun <laughs> nickname. Um, anyway, I think it's going to be really hard to handle him uh, and that team that experienced the coaching from Matt Painter in the regular season. But in the conference tournament, give me Michigan State. I think by the time we get to there, the, the three freshmen coming off the bench in fears. And Booker and Cohen Carr are going to be really kind of playing at their best level. Izzo's development has always been solid. And I think uh, as a key starting five with so many veteran guys, along with those three freshmen potentially playing up to their you know expected level, by the time March rolls around, I think that that team's going to win the conference tournament.
0: Well, Andy, I'm right with you. Same teams, same reasoning. Nothing else I need to say to it. But you know what? We do need to figure out who's going to win all these postseason awards, who's going to be on our first teams. All of that stuff. And let me tell you, Andy, I had a lot of trouble with this. I know you did, too, because there's so many experienced players. There's so many experienced, talented players in this conference, meaning we're going to leave off some phenomenal basketball players on the first team. You're all going to be yelling at us. So (laughs) who do Andy and I have making it? And we're going to give you some hardware to take home. All of that coming up. But first, this episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. You can bet on all sorts of stuff like spreads, player props, over, under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Andy, it's time to hand out some awards, some hardware to take home, put on your mantle, and (laughs) feel like an absolute stud. So to do that, we're going to start by naming our first team All-Big Ten. Why don't you kick us off?
1: Yeah, again, like you said, tough to pick here. I think there's a few fairly obvious candidates, a few... spots that could have gone five six eight ten different ways potentially uh obviously Zach Eadie were the no no more conversation needed there. He's going to be a first teamer almost certainly. Uh, Terrence Shannon and Boo Booey, I kind of mentioned them right there at Illinois and Northwestern. Some veteran guards coming back who should put up really productive numbers again. And then for me, I went Jameer Young at Maryland. I think Maryland's a, a kind of a sneaky team that we haven't talked a ton about on here, but I think there's some excitement about them keeping Young around, keeping a couple other key starters around as well. Uh, and then I'm going Ace Baldwin. Transfer coming in uh, following his coach Mike Rhodes from VCU to Penn State. I think Ace Baldwin and could realistically lead the conference in assists. I think he could be an all-defensive player as well. Uh, And I think that that, that's going to be good enough for him to potentially sneak onto this list as well.
0: Well, here's what's funny. We just said how many different players could be on this list and a bunch are going to get left out. Mm -hmm. I had exactly four of the same five as you, Andy, with Edie, Boo Booey, Terrence Shannon, and Jameer Young. The only one I had different was Tyson Walker at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, when I'm thinking through this, I'm like, man, if I have Michigan State as one of the top two teams in this conference, who's going to be their best player this year? And I think it is Tyson Walker coming back. Uh, Funny thing is, if it's not him, I would actually go with A.J. Hogard. Uh, But the reason I didn't, I think his numbers at the ceiling have the potential to be better than Tyson Walker. But I think his floor is also lower. So if Hogard could find consistency, I might switch these guys. But – man, Tyson Walker, I just expect to be the model of consistency mm-hmm. for what I expect to be a top two team in this conference. So give me Walker. And I love, I love, I love where college basketball is at, that this list is all seniors. Yeah. How about it? It's awesome.
1: Very cool. Let's talk player of the year. Very, very quickly. I all got right. one, two, three. Zach Eadie. Zach Eadie. All right. right. He has to be. There's there's no no more conversation there. If he doesn't win the 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 regulars, they're the national player of the year. There's still almost no way he doesn't win a big 10 player of the year.
0: Yeah. you. I think you were joking around before we started recording today. It would be uh malpractice to, <laughs> to vote for anyone else. Yeah, you can't it. pick right, somebody else.
1: That's insane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, what, what about coach of the year? Who did you go with for that?
1: Yeah, definitely more options for coach of the year. Um, I actually went with Kevin Willard at Maryland. Uh, like again, that. we didn't talk much about Maryland earlier, but I, I think this is a team that could realistically sneak their way all the way up into the top five you know, maybe third, fourth, somewhere in there with Indiana, with Illinois. I think if they move up to three, Kevin Willard did a good job last year. Like we said, they kept young. They kept Julian Reese. They keep Dante Scott. They're all back. They got some fun guys coming in, some exciting freshmen. I think there's a reasonable chance that this team climbs up into the top four or five, uh, maybe even top three of this conference. And that might, might be enough for Willard to take home this award in one of his first seasons at Maryland.
0: I'm going to go with Matt Painter. And I know it's like, okay, cool. They're awesome. (laughs) Yeah, but you still got to coach it. And here's why, Andy. I think, number one, Matt Painter is so well-liked and respected by the coaching brotherhood. Um, The the idea of the bounce back, like what it takes mentally to come back Mm -hmm. from what happened last year, and then managing these massive expectations that are going to be on them. Uh, Matt Painter's never been to a Final Four, just one Elite Eight. The Miss or Purdue as a program hadn't been to the Final Four since like 1980, I think it is. And so um, I, I just see Matt Painter with that bounce back, getting the like the sympathy from his peers. And I see him getting that victory.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a very really solid choice. And I think if he coaches, this thank you, team, Andy, I appreciate you saying that. If he if he coaches the team to a number one seed in the Big Ten, uh, it's going to be really hard to ignore it because of all the other stuff that comes with coaching the year after losing a game like that. Uh, looking at transfer of the year, not a surprise for me since I picked him on my first team. I'm going with Ace Baldwin again. I think there's a real chance he leads the Big Ten in assists. I think there's a real chance he's uh, at least on the all-defensive first team. Maybe he doesn't win defensive player of the year because of somebody like Edie, but uh, I think he's. there's a lot of great transfers in the conference. I think Kaleo Ware is an interesting uh, potential option there. I think Olivia Nakamawa at Michigan's a good option as well, but I'm going with Ace Baldwin at Penn State.
0: Yep, that's who I had too, but so I, I'm actually going to go with, since you took him, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Kamwa, go. Uh, who people are going to most recently remember as being the Duke killer in the NCAA tournament last year for Tennessee. Not always, You know, I, it, it's so hard to gauge because he's coming out of the Rick Barnes system, which is so much more, a little bit slower paced, defensive minded. What can he be now playing for Jawan Howard? There's a big potential for him to go wacky in Ann Arbor this season. Andy, what about freshman of the year? You talked about uh, Kalel Ware at Indiana as a potential transfer. Might his teammate top your list here?
1: Yeah, he does. And, and, and it's tough for me because I think those three freshmen at Michigan State are so excellent, but I don't know that any of them are going to start. I think Tom Izzo is going to go with his veteran guys that he has. So for me, I'm going with Mbako. Again, I'm also not 100% sure Mbako is going to start at Indiana. It kind of depends if they're willing to play him at the three. But uh, if he can handle the ball well enough to play the three, if he can handle defensive assignments well enough to play the three, uh, he can space the floor. He's athletic enough to push guys around. Uh, he's a matchup nightmare. Uh, top 10 co- player coming out of that class again was going to go to Duke before Filipowski and Mark Mitchell came back. And I think Mbako is going to make a big difference for this Indiana team right away. And I think that's enough for him to take home freshman of the year, despite the Big Ten having a significant amount of talented freshmen this year.
0: Yeah, I think the wise money is on either Mbako or Xavier Booker at Michigan State. Yeah. As you said, I don't know that Booker will be starting. It's either probably he or Madi Sissoko. Yeah. Um, but man, as two like top 10, 11 guys coming into the season, Uh, I really think Booker could have a big year. I've heard Coach Izzo talk about he needs to gain some strength, uh, but it's comparing him to like Jaron Jackson coming in, and that's that's a massive comparison. So uh, give me Xavier Booker coming in to East Lansing.
1: I wanted to do a quick shout out for a dark horse I have there, which is Deshaun Harris Smith, who I think is reasonably good, could reasonably start at the two for Maryland. And I think if he starts top 35 player, he could be a guy who kind of sneaks into that conversation. Because the opportunity oh. is massive in these kind of votes. So important. Yeah. Uh, looking at sixth man of the year here, uh, I'm going AJ Store at Wisconsin, transfer from St. John's, guy who shot 40% from deep, was such a, a, a desperate need for Wisconsin to bring in somebody who could stretch the floor. Uh, he's not projected to start right now. That could certainly change. Uh, but if he's coming off the bench, puts up even similar numbers, 9 points, 10 points, shoots 41% from deep in Wisconsin, makes a little bit of noise. I think there's a real chance that he wins that award. My honorable mention is Mason Gillis, who is not projected right now to start at Purdue despite starting 15 15 games for him last year uh, I think that Gillis is going to be great again for the Boilermakers and could take home that award as well interestingly I'm not convinced
0: I don't know if it's going to be Gillis or Caleb first yeah. starting for Purdue but my sixth man is whoever doesn't start between <laughs> those two so yeah. if uh yeah I'm either right with you or saying Caleb first we'll wait to see how those roles play out
1: I'm going to close out the show real quick with our discussion on how many big 10 teams are actually going to make the big dance, which teams are going to get that opportunity Ooh. to break this 20 plus year streak for the big 10. And we set the over under at seven and Isaac, I'm going under, or excuse me, we set it at seven and a half and I'm going under at seven. And um, the teams that I got in are Purdue and Michigan state. Of course, I also have Indiana, Maryland, and Illinois, and then Wisconsin and Iowa, which means I have out, of the tournament, Northwestern, Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Penn State, and Rutgers.
0: Well, Andy, here's what's funny. Our numbers are the same, but we did different math to get there. Uh, the, the math teacher always wants to see you show your work. Uh, <laughs> I've got seven teams as well. I'm also taking the under, but I have Boo Booey and Northwestern getting into the tournament. I didn't have Iowa quite getting there. That's the only difference I had.
1: Well, Isaac, always fun to do these conference previews we're getting closer and closer it is October folks so excited to finally be a month away from the actual start of the uh, college basketball season the Big Ten is going to be a really fun conference to to watch this year we've got a lot more of these coming your way later this week going into next week as well we still got some of those big teams to discuss Pac-12 Mountain West a handful of other ones that we haven't gotten to yet and a lot of those smaller conferences to get to as well so stick with us here on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast you can find us wherever you get your podcasts you can also find us on YouTube go hit that subscribe button there if you have not done so yet. Thank you so much for listening. We got it right today, but apologies to the lawyer family as always. And of course, until next time, peace out.